You're listening to Beyond Her Grind, the podcast that gets at the root of what motivates women of color to want more in their careers. I'm your host, Esther Leonard, a career development professional, aspiring entrepreneur, and fellow grinder. Stay updated with weekly episodes by subscribing to this podcast, and be sure to follow me on Instagram at Beyond Her Grind. And check out my website at beyondhergrind.com. Let's get to the root of it. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Her Grind. Thank you for joining me today. I just want to start off by just apologizing to all my loyal followers for missing last week. I made an emergency trip to visit my grandmother who wasn't feeling well. I got to see my family, my uncle, and then my aunt and her kids who are really there helping my grandmother. And I was just able to provide as much support as possible. I think during this pandemic, I have realized the importance of my loved ones. And sure enough, I was debating, should I take sick days? Should I not? And I was like, you know what? Life is short. Hasn't this past year taught me that? So that could be another episode. But today I am actually going to talk about graduation and the new graduates. But I wanted to just start off by letting my loyal followers know that you were on my mind and I didn't abandon y'all. I usually like to give notice uh, when I started my podcast last year under us as a career coach. If I was going to miss a week, I usually gave notice the week in advance, but this was more last minute. I, I had an idea I was planning to go, but found cheap tickets and I went. Uh, so I plan to have regular episodes again, about four to five more before I end this season. Yes, the season has to come to an end. I'm feeling burnt out a bit and I need, my mind needs to refresh so I can think about new and creative ideas for next season, new guests. I need to take some time to send out emails to schedule some interviews for upcoming guests for next season. And actually, I do want to try to get a, a few more before I end this season in June. And I also wanted to say it's already been a year since I started podcasting. Beyond Her Grind, I kicked off this rebrand in March, so technically only two months, but uh, since podcasting on this platform, it's been a year. I started in May of last year and I have over 1700 downloads and that is thanks to you all. And yeah, my goal, I remember when I first started podcasting, I had like these goals that I wanted to hit, you know, a thousand. And then my next one was going to be 1500 by June of 2021. 
I surpassed that. I did change it in March to 2000, which I think I'm going to reach uh, to 2000 by my birthday on June 19th. And I just want to thank you all for staying loyal and staying tuned. And I hope you all continue to stay tuned for great content. And let's get into that great content that I have planned for today. So congrats, class of 2021. It has been an interesting trying year for many of you all but you made it through zoom classes if you were doing this part-time zoom meetings and zoom classes zoom fatigue can i get an amen <laughs> uh yeah you made it through and now that you have your diploma in your hand or it's going to come in the mail or I know we've all some of us been there. You got one more bill to pay. It's going to come in a few months, <laughs> that diploma. Or you just walked out across that stage. It's 2021. Many of you all had the opportunity to walk across the stage in social distanced type graduations. I know at Boston University, they provided the opportunity for many students. Uh, my previous institution, Roxbury Community College, they had an outdoor ceremony. Some of y'all church danced on the stage. I saw a few posts on social media of people doing their dance, their victory dance on the stage. Uh, some of you all just simply sent a photo to your school so that your friends and family could view it on YouTube. That's the era, the time we're living in where we have that option. So that has happened for you all. And maybe now that that has passed, or for some of you all over the next month, this is graduation season, you're anticipating that, having your finals, your last papers, you're taking a minute to breathe. For those of you all who finished and for those of you all who plan to finish soon, you can't wait for that relief. Or you're freaking out like some seniors were doing a few months ago. We were coming into my office or in my my zoom office and just freaking out about omg am i going to get a job how long is it going to take um maybe you all have a lot of debt you just realize like let me actually see how much money i owe <laughs> and you're like wtf what did i sign up for well, take some time to feel through your worry, your relief, self-care, and reassure yourself that you made it through school, especially as a woman of color. And if you are feeling anxious, know that you made it through four years of being a 
an underrepresented minority and if you went to a PWC, a predominantly white institution, uh, and you can make it in your career. Our path is different. We face different challenges, but we can make it. And I'm here to reassure you that you can find a job or land a career. And I'm going to share five tips or strategies to help you do that. But before I do that, you all know I always like to share some facts and figures just to create the landscape for you all. So 4.43 million college students were projected to graduate this year in 2021. I got this from education data. 24.6% of you all uh, are receiving your associate's degree. 49.9% are receiving a bachelor's degree. 20.8% are earning a master's degree and 4.7% will earn a professional or a doctoral degree. 19.1% is in business, 11.9% in healthcare, 8% in social sciences, 5.9% in psychology, and 5.9% in biology. So that's the diversity of fields, but majority is business and health. Uh, for associate's degree, which is interesting, 36.8% are in general studies or humanities, 17.7% are in health professions, and 11.6% are in business. So it's important to recognize all of the, the degrees. I think a lot of times we think about bachelors. Oh, and I'm saying all the degrees. I know there's some high schoolers and some eighth graders and kindergartners <laughs> who've graduated. But when I said represent all degrees, I meant particularly with college, like the associate degree. I know my sister graduated with her associate degree last year. Um, and I worked at an institution that provided, Roxbury Community College provided students with associate degrees. So it's a very valuable, valuable degree. Um, some interesting figures, the average student debt is 29,900. So that's almost $30,000. So that's a lot of money. It is more money for those of color, um, particularly I have sets for black women, so $38,000 in debt. That's the average student loan debt for women. And how long it takes to get a job. So we usually have a figure that it takes six to nine months to get a job. And I figured, I've been using that stat for a while and I figured it might be a good idea to double check to see if there are any more recent figures on on that time frame and what I found was for a new graduate according to NACE so NACE is the National Association of Colleges and Employers it takes 23.6 days for a new graduate to find a job and so that is from application process to offer so that's actually pretty good that's less than a month so that is average um I didn't look to see how long it would take for uh, people from various backgrounds various ethnic 
or racial backgrounds. But it was interesting to see that certain government, um, certain fields had longer time frames. So government took 53.8 days. So <laughs> that's not surprising. And the sh one of the shortest ones was supermarkets, 12.3 days, restaurant bars, 10.2 days, private security, 11.6 days. So these are really interesting. Um, but there was some other information that uh, they did a survey on 2,000 Americans in 2018 and they saw that on average it took about five months. So that's the time frame you, you can think about. So it's shorter than the six to nine months that I've originally told people. But it's, it's a, a realistic view of how long it takes. And, and this is including networking. This is including applying. This is including fixing your resume, interviewing, and then not getting an offer, applying again. So all of those factors are, are being considered in this time frame. And then finally, I wanted to share what the job market looked like. So in April, 266,000 jobs were added to the market. And that's actually a decline. So in March, it was 916,000 jobs. And that was a high that we've had, uh, particularly during the pandemic. So it's a little bit lower. We'll see what, what May looks like. That might be very helpful for those of you all who are still in the process of graduating. But that's the landscape, right? This is your competition. 4.43 million people have graduated. It's going to take on average, you know, a few months <laughs> to find a job. There's these jobs that are being pumped into the, the economy. There was a slight decline over this last month. And you have debt. So where do you even start with all of this? And I think this is why a lot of people are stressed. A lot of students become really stressed when they are looking for work. So let's dive in to the tips. So the very first thing you need to do when you are looking for a job is to create a job target. And there are several things you need to do when creating a job target. I think really thinking about, think about and reflect on what you want to do, right? There are some people who graduate and they know exactly what they want to do. They know exact, the exact jo um, job. They know the ex exact company. They know the exact place. That's great. For some people... They finish grad school, they finish undergrad, and they realize that they chose the wrong program field major. And so they need to explore and really reflect on who they are and their values to identify what path they're going to take. Because then they're just going to be applying, applying to any and everything. And employers are, are going to notice that. They actually notice that because your documents, your resume, your LinkedIn won't be tailored to something more specific. Now, 
there if you are open to a lot of fields and have experiences in a lot of fields that's okay right it's just making sure that you're marketing that experience in the right way to the right people or right employers so thinking about that when you are looking for a job so i always say start first reflect on who you are what are your values what's important to you and then i would say consider what do you need to do what steps do you need to make do you need to meet up with a career coach or someone from the career development office check out your school that is part of your tuition instead of paying lots of money to me <laughs> um for a career coach, I mean, you can if you want, but you can utilize that service as well. And then also think about, okay, if you are, is it because you need to do more exploration or do you just need help with your documents, your resume, you need to do a mock interview, whatever it may be? Do you need to move, right? Is this, you're graduating, are you planning to stay in the city that you went to school at if you lived on campus or lived away from home really think about those immediate moves do you need income right away do you need it to support your family to pay bills that really impacts your next move and your career decision making process so for example if you're in a situation where you do want to explore and you can move back home for a few months and do the exploration, research, job shadow, whatever it may be, then, hey, go ahead and do that. But if you're in a situation where you have to support your family, whether if it's your own children or in some cases, I've, I saw this particularly at the beginning of the pandemic with undergraduate students who were supporting their parents who maybe lost their business through at the pandemic. And so their decision was to, to help work for that business or help support their family as fast as they can. So really evaluate your situation. And if you are going to make a decision based on money, right, and not necessarily based on your career interests, how do you keep your passion alive, right? If you're gonna pivot careers, are you gonna volunteer? Are you gonna post online or you can create something online to sort of maintain your expertise in your field of interest. So those are a lot of things you need to think about. Now, once you sort of decide what you want to do, I would say create and set a goal date, a timeline. So even if the average is five months or 23 days, give yourself a goal. You want a job by August. You want a job by December. Whenever it is, give yourself a goal. Be write it down. Post it on your a wall, a refrigerator, on your on your laptop or phone, whatever it is. Set a goal date. And basically, what you would do as you're leading towards that goal date, you're making sure that you're checking off some boxes, right? Have you identified what roles you plan to apply for? Have, have you been applying to jobs? How many jobs have you been applying for? Are you going to start off 
slow and then increase it as you move closer to the date. Just That just gives you a timeline and a sense of urgency. Um, and if you don't meet that goal date, it's fine. But I think it's still very helpful. So, after you have identified your job target, uh, I would say, just to continue with the job target, if you still need help with figuring out what types of jobs you want to do, of course, like I said, check out career services, but also check out your department, so your professors, your peers, see what people are doing on LinkedIn. So you can actually go on LinkedIn and go to your alma mater. So type in your school, Boston University, Roxbury Community College, Prairie State College, Howard University, Fisk University, whatever you want to do. And you can click alumni and type in your major. You can filter for the graduate year, see where the 2020 grads ended up. And what were, what were those first jobs? that they ended up working or applying to? What were those organizations to give you an idea? What were the titles of those jobs? I think that's very helpful. In addition to that, a lot of times you can just go on your school's website and look at the career office, like just peruse that webpage for ideas. Like here at Boston University, we have a list of, of resources based on majors and careers. So you can click on physics and see what resources Boston University has and then also resources on uh, job titles you can write based on physics, job boards, some unique job board or niche job boards. So, oh, also professional organizations, so those types of stuff. So these are some ways really look for resources to help you identify your job target. So I mentioned LinkedIn, I would say the next thing you need to do after you identify your job target would be to create a strong virtual presence. I cannot say this enough, especially after this last year we've had. Everything's virtual. We've already been moving towards this prior to the pandemic. Now this is the norm and it's going to continue to be the norm. So how do you establish your presence? Yes, LinkedIn is awesome. And it's still a relatively fast-growing network. I didn't do any research on this, but I was listening to a podcast that it's actually still one of um, the faster-growing networks. Because when people graduate, if they haven't had a LinkedIn, I hope you've had a LinkedIn before that, but if you don't have a LinkedIn, I highly recommend that you create a profile. They create a profile. Right. It gets to a certain point where you're like, I need a LinkedIn. You can apply for jobs on LinkedIn. You can connect with your classmates, colleagues, whoever it may be, former supervisors right on LinkedIn. So there social media. But there are other ways that you're creating a virtual presence. One is a lot of times people have a portfolio. So on that online portfolio, that's your website. This was way more popular with science students or uh, even students who are planning to go into academia, like getting their PhD. But I'm seeing this very um, becoming more and more common with people in other majors, uh, especially, for example, like graphic design or 
someone in communications. And basically they have their picture, they have, they post their resume on there and post some information about themselves. If they have a blog, if they have a YouTube channel, they put that on line for people to see and you can link it to your LinkedIn or on your resume, you can have a link to that website. So yeah, you're establishing your presence through that, your website, I mentioned a blog, YouTube, other social media platforms, employers are looking for you. So if you have other social media platforms that are public, be mindful of what you're posting. I remember when I was at Roxbury Community College, I was on the phone with someone and I was trying to connect this student with uh, an opportunity, an internship. And right there, talked to an employer. The employer literally was looking up this person online or the recruiter while I was talking to her on the phone. (laughs) So employers look. And if you don't want them to see what's on your social media outside of LinkedIn, have it private. And even if you have it private, be mindful of that public picture. Because if it's private, a lot of times you can see the picture. Um, So be mindful of that. Now, for those of you all who don't necessarily care to have it private and are open to employers looking at it, this is an opportunity for you to to share some of your interests within that field. So if you want to be a nurse and you've done some... uh, practicums, having some pictures of you in your uniform, right? If you're someone in social service, having a picture, doing volunteering for Boston Cares, do do coding, do you have some type of photo or fun fact or something that's just related to your field? I, I think it makes you really interesting. Also on social media is to be mindful, and I'll talk a little bit more about this, of following your careers of interest um, and companies of interest and interacting with them. So I talked a little bit about LinkedIn. We can always have a whole conversation about LinkedIn, a whole podcast episode about LinkedIn. And it's really important to have a LinkedIn account. I definitely think so. You can put your picture on it. You can put keywords in your industry so that you can show up to employers or recruiters who are looking for candidates on LinkedIn. And you, of course, you're talking about the work that you've done, any extracurriculars, things that were on your resume, volunteer opportunities. And the purpose of it is to help you grow your network, attract opportunities, Establish credibility, of course, in your field, particularly if you're new, and find employment. So create this virtual presence. I also want to mention, in terms of virtual presence, resumes and cover letters, no one's giving a paper resume anymore because there are basically no in-person career fairs at the moment. Well, I I said, quote unquote, no. There probably are a few socially distanced ones. However, many of them are virtual, so you can put this cover letter link. I mean, well, cover letters should be very tailored to whatever you're applying to, but your resume, more general resume 
on your LinkedIn or website. And now some employers are asking for what's called a virtual cover letter or a virtual resume in which you're doing a video. So that's going to be on YouTube. <laughs> you're putting a video on or creating a video on why you want that position. And it's sort of modeled and outlined like a cover letter. So create a strong virtual presence. That is key. The next thing is basically to search. I'm going to break this down into two tips. So this two tips, the traditional search. So that's a traditional searching online job boards. So simplyhired.com, idealist.org, LinkedIn again, niche job boards like health careers or idealist.org. If you are into nonprofits, higherculture.org, that's particularly here in Massachusetts for those who are in the art field. Employer events like career fairs, going directly on the company's websites and looking and applying for jobs, newsletters. These are what's called traditional ways of looking for jobs. And that's the main way people look for jobs. I recommend that you continue doing that. And if you're not doing that, to add it. Add it to your job search strategy. And once you you do that, I would say the next thing is to do your proactive job search. 80% of jobs come through networking. Who do you know? Who do you know that knows someone? So as you can see, I had the third tip. I spent a short time on that because I do think it's an important tip to go online and apply on indeed.com, but that should only be 20% of what you do. So for those of you all who aren't necessarily recent graduates and who've been looking for a long time and you're stuck, perhaps you need to add networking if you haven't already. And I'll, I'll talk about how you can add networking. So networking, right? Uh, that's targeting employers, professional social, association, and of course, social media. So the online aspect of Job search is with us and it's here to stay with us. So as I said, 80% of jobs are found through networking. This is why networking is so important. Employers prefer hiring people who are referred by a trusted source. I should have looked this up earlier, um, but I'm going to try to quote it as best I can. If I make a mistake in a future podcast, I will fix it. But I remember reading a while ago about how it's, it can be very hard for people of color to find jobs. And what they what the article mentioned was like the old boys club, white people have their network. So they're going to hire the people they know and trust. And so... That sucks. And for some of you all, you're probably listening like, okay, well, I'm screwed. <laughs> this is a white man's world. It's It's been set up to be that way. But I'm saying this to illustrate the point of the power of networking. 
I don't know if it was the same article or another article, but they were saying that black students who graduated from historically black colleges actually found work faster than those who didn't because they had a stronger, closer, tight-knit network. So that's interesting. So tap into your network. So even if you didn't go to a historically black college or, or a Hispanic-serving institution, you went to a school, you have alumni, you have friends, you have you have professors, you have internship coordinators, you had advisors. That's part of your network. Tap into that network. One of the things that I've noticed, and I think we probably, I probably should do some research on, is when I am working with students and alumni, I notice that a lot of students who are either first generation students, this doesn't matter what race they are, but um, first generation students and low income students, they aren't as savvy in networking and they aren't as assertive in reaching out to people, whether that's through LinkedIn or to an employer directly. And I think that's, sets them at a disadvantage compared to other groups who have been taught to reach out to people or taught that it's okay to do this and it's sort of your right to do it. So consider that, like just reach out, it's okay. The professor knows that teaching hundreds of students over a course of several years, these students may reach out for a question, for advice or whatever it may be, particularly those who have strong relationships with their professors. I shared these examples just as more evidence of the power of networking. Another reason why networking is important is because it allows you to learn about jobs that haven't been posted online yet. So for example, for my, in my last position, how I got that job, I was introduced to the president of Roxbury Community College through my former supervisor. I attended a church service and my former supervisor introduced me to her, her fellow church member who happened to be the president of Roxbury Community College. We exchanged information. She gave me her business call and I contacted her. And so I reached out and I did what's, what's called an informational interview, sort of like, I, I honestly did a proposal for a position and she was like, oh, this is interesting. And then she told me about possible opportunities for the fall. So this wasn't posted on their website. This is just something that was in her mind or in the pipeline, right? And if I didn't have that conversation, I wouldn't have known that. Another great example is in my current role, we were had started the process of hiring an associate director of career education the person who would be my supervisor. And right before the pandemic, 
started, we posted it, and then after the pandemic started, we took it off. Uh, so there was a hiring freeze. If someone was networking with us over the past year and really wanted that position, they would know that that job is going to be posted again. So little things like that, because you are in the know. Networking also helps you gather information about a specific field or industry. So when you're networking, and we'll talk a little bit about where to network, you are gathered or surrounded by experts in the field. So if you're interested in marketing and you are connecting with marketing alumni or you're going to the AMA, the American Marketing Association, going to their events and attending whatever webinars that they may have, you're getting more expertise while you're looking for work and meeting people as well. And then finally, those people can provide insight into the field. They know the ins and outs of how to get a job. Yes, you can work with a career coach. Uh, a lot of career coaches are, are general and provide general advice, but if you need something very specific to your field, there probably are some niche career coaches for that. However, you are going to develop relationships with people who've, who have been there, done that, and could possibly be your mentor. So where do you network? Everyone has a network. People you already know. I know that can be like freak, like nerve-wracking sometimes for some people to network, but people you already know. We all have a network, whether it is a, to a family we were born into, adopted into, school, work, whatever it may be. That's your network. Professional associations, I mentioned the American Marketing association but whatever field you're in there is an association for it affinity groups so i mentioned the alumni association or affinity groups that are based on your identity when i moved to boston i joined a black professional group so that's probably professional slash affinity but it was social but i also was able to be in the know of other things that were going on, like well, things that were going on with NSBE, which is the National Society of Black Engineers. So it is affinity group because it's specifically for black engineers, but it's also a professional association. And they would have drives and socials and job fairs. So these are some great things to connect with. So really think about your identity. Are you part of the LGBTQI community? Are you part of a religious community or a spiritual community? Uh, is there anything very niche that you can find on meetup.com and, and develop relationships with people connected to your career interests? Volunteering. So finding ways to volunteer at a hospital, idealist.org, a big nonprofit, a small nonprofit, a local business, other little networking groups that you may find, and on social media. We talked a little bit about LinkedIn, but social media is a great place to network. That's how I've, I find guests sometimes on social media. I find some of my services that I need. Uh, like I did a photo shoot and it was right on social media. I was looking for 
photographers of color. And I went on Facebook and I was able to find a community, a group of photographers who share their photos right in this group. So if you're a photographer looking to network with other photographers, <laughs> that's a way you can do that. And, and look also for local groups, right? Local chapters for professional associations or yeah, whatever the local community may have, particularly if you are moving. The next thing I would recommend for you to do is to organize your search. I mentioned a goal date, and a timeline. What was helpful for me when I looked for work was I created an Excel spreadsheet where I had a list of all the jobs that I either planned to apply for and or applied to. I had a column that said, did I apply? Yes or no. I had a deadline to apply for that specific job. Specific job. I had a link to the job description and other information, salary, other things that I may need to know. Did I have an interview? Yes or no. Then I had another page on that sheet was on which were people to contact, to network with, leads. Did they connect me with someone else? Gave myself a deadline to reach out to them, to set up an appointment. I also had a page on events, career fairs, networking events that and the dates. Did I go to them? What information I gained from that? So you could do that if that's not your style of talk to people and they're like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, but if that's not your style, a notebook, just a way to really organize and, and track your progress. One can help you see the work that you're doing. And then if you are doing something wrong, you know, I, when I work with clients, I create one of those for my clients. So actually I create a folder and in that folder, that is a document that I create so that they can add jobs to it. And then I can also see what jobs they're applying to. Um, and also to keep them accountable, right? So that when our next meeting, in our next meeting, I'm able to, to talk about their progress. And of course, prepare your documents, your resume, your cover letter, your LinkedIn. Finally, my recommendation is to target employers directly. So really identify specific organizations that you are interested in. Visit their websites, look for postings, and then identify contacts within those organizations. So who do you want to talk to? Is it HR? Is it an alum? Someone you know, friend, family, friend of a friend, family of a friend? And then ask for an informational interview or just to talk. I've done this before with a local nonprofit just to talk to them about HR. I mean, talk to HR about the company. And I wanted to know a little bit more about what they were looking for in their candidates. I also done this before. Um, I noticed I was interested, really interested in company, but I noticed they had bad reviews on Glassdoor. And Glassdoor is also a job board site, but it also has information on salaries and reviews on companies. And so I reached out to a random employee on the company's website and asked questions about the work environment. Um, at the time when I was looking for work, I was in the process of, 
I hadn't quit my job, but uh, in the role that I was in, I, it was very toxic. And I knew I didn't want to work in another toxic environment. So the person told me about the good and told me about the bad and admitted that she was planning to put her notice soon. And her recommendation was not to apply. Um, so, I mean, for some people, remember, think about your values, what's important to you. That might not be an, a deterrent, but for me, it was. Uh, so, yeah, you're getting insight into the field, that company, the work environment, the people as well. And if you do like the conversation, ask to speak with other people at the organization if they feel okay doing that. So these are the ways that I would, that I recommend you look for a job. So let's start over, identify a job target, create a virtual presence, job search and there are two ways that you can do this job search this is the traditional way on job boards and to network which i spent a long time because 80 percent of what you need to be doing is networking organize your materials so that you can track your progress and reach out directly to employers that you're interested in so these are some five, these are the five tips that I recommend that you do when you are looking for work. I hope you found this useful. And if you have any questions, if you need help with your job search, feel free to send me an email. I still do career coaching under Esther the Career Coach. I have had people reach out to me to learn a little bit more about my services. Um yeah, let's see if we can work together. If not, listen to this podcast, listen to the other episodes that in which I provide very valuable advice and reach out to your school, your alma mater for an appointment. I'm hoping for the best and that you all find something soon that you enjoy so that y'all can start paying off them loans. <laughs> Have a good one, y'all. Peace. Just a reminder, follow me on Instagram at beyondhergrind and check out my website at beyondhergrind.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform like iTunes or Spotify. I'd love to hear your feedback so that I can continue to produce more amazing content in the future. Thanks so much and talk to you all next week.